0: Howdy, howdy, howdy. We've reached another day of the y'all show here in the year 2020. Man, we've come a long way in this new year. It's our second show of 2020. I'm John Rawl, and this is the program where we discuss everything Southern. For the next two hours, go ahead, sit back in the lazy boy or lazy girl and enjoy this discussion about this part of the world we call Dixie. We've got news, we've got political talk to get to this hour, we've got a, a very special and touching tribute at the end of this hour that's near and dear to me, because it was 75 years ago right now that our heroes in the greatest generation were fighting the roughest and bloodiest battle of World War II, the Battle of the Bulge, and I have a direct connection to that battle, and if you tune in later this hour, you'll hear all about the sergeant james knowlton sharp of swansea south carolina my great uncle who died on this day january 7th 1945 in the battle of the bulge and i'll let you a little bit know a little bit about this man and this american hero like so many american heroes who lost their lives not only in this battle but in world war ii and you're going to learn a little bit more about just one gi but I bet you somewhere in your background, you've got family members who fought in the Battle of the Bulge or fought in World War II. As we now have the 75th year of that war coming to an end here in 2020, as it ended in 1945, Battle of the Bulge was one of the big ones of that conflict. And again, my great uncle was killed on this day, 75 years ago, exactly today. I'm going to let you know a little bit more about this Sergeant, because frankly, he is like so many of those young boys, frankly, that went off to war and didn't come back. And here's at least one name that you're going to learn about 75 years after his death. James Knowlton Sharp, Swansea, South Carolina. That's coming up later this hour. When we get to hour two of today's y'all show, you want to make sure you stick around. We've got the latest coming from Tuscaloosa. Tua made his decision on Monday, and he's heading to the NFL. We'll get some reaction about what's happening with the Alabama football program. That's coming up. It was official that the Dallas Cowboys named Mike McCarthy on Monday, head coach of that program. So we'll have some NFL and college football talk to get to in hour two. By the way, we had our last bowl game of the 2019-2020 bowl season last evening in Mobile. And congratulations to the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana Lafayette. (laughs) Believe it or not, in Mobile, Alabama, which arguably is where Mardi Gras began in this country. And it was on the very first night of Mardi Gras for this year, January 6th, that a team from Lafayette, Louisiana, went down I-10 and headed to Mobile and walked out of there 27 to 17 winners over the Miami of Ohio Red Hawk Redskins. And a huge win there for Louisiana Lafayette out of the Sunbelt Conference to close out the what we call the normal lineup of bowl games oh we still have one big bowl left if you want to call it that it's really a national championship game and it's not gonna be too far from mobile as on monday night the lsu bio Bengals and the clemson upstate kittens get together for a battle for the national championship. It's going to be a great game. ACC versus SEC here on the Y'all Show, where we promote the conferences of this region. We're excited to see this great, great matchup between the Clemson Tigers and the LSU Tigers. We've got to have a lot more to say about that matchup as we march toward Monday night, all right here on this, the Y'all Show. If you want to connect to us, 803-816-1170, that's the way to do that. And, and by the way, I, good, I guess I should mention, since we're talking a little bit of football, also an hour or two, Matt Herman's our barrister of barbecue, is first going to weigh in on this Clemson-LSU game. He's also going to give his reaction to Oklahoma getting pummeled by the LSU Tigers in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl as that was the Big 12's representative, and they got hammered by several touchdowns. Joe Burrow, a monster in that game in the ATL, and we'll get Matt Heerman's take on OU, how they went down in flames in Atlanta, and the lackluster performance of the Big 12 in the bowl season. Other than the Texas Longhorns, it was a pretty rough bowl lineup for the big 12 conference the horns with a huge win in san antonio against the utah utes (laughs) so that is what's coming with matt humans and then as we just said mardi gras is officially underway and we'll get our barrister to kind of share some thoughts about mardi gras and cooking out i bet you Old Matt Heermans has a great Mardi Gras plan that he can share with you. If you want to try your boudin or jambalaya or gumbo or some other Mardi Gras type concoction, our barrister is here to help you out. Our website here, we want to help you out by having you go to our website. It's yall.com. That's Y-A-L-L dot com. It's free of charge. All you got to do is log on. We're open 24-7 at yall.com. And we've got stories going up every couple of hours that are just wonderful stories about the South, informative stories, entertaining stories, just like what we do right here on the Y'all Show each and every day. It's all there on our website, y'all.com. And we encourage you, and please help us out here at the Y'all Show, go to our Facebook page and like us and be part of the y'all.com movement on Facebook. And when you see those great stories, please, we ask you to share it on facebook with all your friends everybody you go to church with everybody you go hang out with at the country club maybe somebody you work with needs to know about this it might be a family member it's all right there all you got to hit is like it's free of charge it's you com on facebook and again our number you can call 24 7 and let us know what's going on in your world 803 803- Well, this is the show where we mix all kinds of great Southern information for you, and it comes out with a combination of news and entertainment and sports talk and music talk and more, and I'll do my best. That's my solemn pledge as we begin this new year together, twenty twenty. That I'll do my best to give you a two-hour dose of great Southern talk and not be boring while I'm at it. Frankly, as I was scanning the airwaves when my show was off the air on Monday, I was listening to one of our great affiliates that carry the Y'all Show. By the way, we need new affiliates in the year 2020, so if you have a radio station or know somebody who has a radio station that this show would be a great fit on, please help us out and see what we can do to expand to great radio stations. And again, let me thank all of the great radio stations that currently carry the y'all show each and every day but while i was listening into our other affiliates and frankly just scanning the radio dial on monday it hit me that there are several so-called talk shows that have dramatic pauses happen a lot on their shows i'm not going to mention a certain fox sports radio host but i was listening to him and i know he's not the only one on fox sports radio espn radio also guilty of this and i'm sure some of the news talk radio shows are like this but they sit there and they take like four and five seconds to think about what the next word's going to be and here on the y'all show y'all i know we're southern and we like to take things a little slow but you don't have time for me to sit here and just kind of slowly tell you about what's going on in the south do you Yeah, I've got to turn on my Yankee filter and get a little bit quicker on the draw with what's going quick on the draw and quick on the draw. How about that here on the Y'all Show? I promise we will never have five second delays in our talking of what's going on in the south that's my pledge to you as we begin a new year together all right let's get into the headlines of the southeast right now and unfortunately as we begin headlines i know we've been sort of distracted by the events in iran and iraq the last couple of days but there was a a sad story that broke over the weekend uh, in all of all places in africa and the country of kenya and we found out on monday that an alabama-based army specialist was killed in that attack on a U.S. military base in Kenya on Sunday as Henry Mitch Mayfield Jr., who's based at Fort Rucker in Alabama. His family confirmed that he died in this assault at Manda Bay Airfield. Two Department of Defense contractors also killed in the Sunday encounter the Department of Defense. Uh, they've not confirmed the identities of those killed in the attack, but Mayfield was not from Alabama originally. He was a native of Chicago, actually studied at Northern Illinois University. He joined the Army back in 2018 and now this American hero, 23 year old Army specialist Henry Mitch Mayfield Jr., who based based again in Fort Rucker and in, in Lower Alabama, among those three killed in the attack on a military base in Kenya on sunday we want to keep his family in our thoughts and prayers and a job well done soldier and those defense contractors as well three killed on sunday now of course we saw all the footage early on monday of the funeral for general soleimani and tehran and other places in iran and we're all hoping and praying that this sort of crisis gets subsided as much as possible and we don't escalate this thing into more than what it already is i had a big discussion with someone on monday about what's going on in the middle east and and, and, in my opinion this thing is about 50 50 of which way it can go and that also is about the right guess of how the decision making and president trump's decision to launch the attack on the iranian general how that's going to be perceived going forward Look, Iran, they could. In, they, they say they're going to get revenge on our country, and that could very well happen. And we could be tit-for-tat having more of these, you kill our people, we kill you. This could go back and forth for a while. Let's hope that's not the case. But there's just as much a chance, uh, uh, I would say a 50-50 chance, that we've seen the height of the tension. And with the death of Soleimani, there's a great chance that Iran is – they got their wind knocked out of them. They weren't expecting that their top general would be killed in Iraq, of all places, by an American drone. And that's what we hope for. We hope that Iran's going to come to their senses and say, we we don't want any of that American military coming after us anymore. We'll we'll try to be a little bit more sensible. Perhaps this is where the U.S. allies out of Europe primarily – They need to help us in this case. It's not in their best interest to have a war between Iran and the U.S. It's not in their interest for the European allies of both our allies there. And some of them, frankly, have been kissing up to Iran and doing business with Iran. And it's in their best interest that we don't even have a, a little footsie war with them where we have maybe some skirmishes and stuff we need this thing to to die down and we know what we all would like to see and that would be a regime change in iran this is a country we've been dealing with for over 40 years now and i don't see that happening it's not our role to go in there and force regime change that's that's really for the iranians to do we certainly don't want to have a a war a full scale war with that country And I don't think that's what the president's looking for when he made that decision to kill the Iranian general over the last couple of days. But we want to see Iran. I think I heard someone say, we just want them to be a normal country. It might have been Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State, said that over the weekend. And boy, that would be great if Iran was just a... A normal country who can lump them in there with the Jordans of the world. Heck, even Pakistan, which I know has some crazed people there who hate America more than likely. But to my knowledge, Pakistan hasn't gone out and killed Americans, and we're not trying to invade Pakistan. However, it hit me last night as I was trying to think about what to talk about here on today's y'all show in terms of this current issue going on in the Middle East. Isn't it a little bit gutsy now, looking back, that of all the, if you don't like Barack Obama, and there's a lot of you who don't, okay, you didn't vote for him, you didn't like his presidency, but you got to hand it to Obama. The The one thing he might have done that took a lot of guts was to have that assault on Osama bin Laden in Pakistan without their permission. It's one thing to have the assault and kill the guy, but it's another thing to go in there Uh, evidently the way we did it as a country without even getting permission to go into pakistan's airspace and have that strike there that was gutsy and frankly as the democrats are now all up in arms over what trump did in iraq hey that could have easily led to a war of some type with pakistan back when that decision was made some 10 years ago again great job our military going in there and taking out osama bin laden but my goodness that was that took a lot of courage from the president and everybody else involved and perhaps perhaps we'll look back on what happened in the last couple of days in iraq with Soleimani and say well my goodness president trump's decision there was also full of guts and hopefully this is what we hope for just like in pakistan with osama bin laden we hope that this thing turns out as good as it possibly can be, not only for our country, but if we don't get into some kind of conflict with Iran, you won't see a lot of their citizens and their soldiers die in a conflict with this country. But again, let's remember this This all got discussed here today because we segued from the soldier from fort rucker alabama being killed in kenya not in afghanistan not in iraq not in iran but in kenya we've got something brewing in africa we've got remember a couple months ago we had several service members be they were gunned down in northern africa i think i don't even remember the country but it wasn't kenya remember kenya if you look at the the continent of africa it's sort of on the southeastern corner of that continent so it's it's a scary world we live in we we got to be careful hey we'll let you know now some story also another story coming from our military this involves a huntsville alabama native and he's in a lot of hot water this name you might have heard of before because this story has been brewing for a while general john Hayton, a huntsville native he's now got a suit against him as an army colonel filed a suit against this former vice chair of the joint chiefs of staff yes U.S. Strategic Command Commander General John Hyten, and a Army colonel filed a lawsuit against Hyten, who's currently the vice chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. I didn't realize he still held on to this position. He was formerly the strategic commander, and he grew up in North Alabama. He's being sued by Colonel Catherine sir I hope I pronounced her name right, as the colonel is seeking more than $5 million in damages in a federal civil jury trial the suit was filed in november back in california she alleges that the air force general subjected her to sexual contact during multiple incidents between february 2017 and february of 2018 and the colonel who's in the army she alleges her career was impacted when she rejected Hayden's alleged advances. The allegations became a central focus of Hayden's confirmation hearings despite findings by the Air Force Office of Special Investigations that failed to corroborate the claims. Hayden has denied the allegations, but this colonel who I think is now out of the army as uh, she is suing. This is Catherine Spistoser, I think's her name. She's suing Again, the vice chair of the Joint Chiefs, Colonel John Heighton, a Huntsville, Alabama native. A former University of Virginia football player was just sentenced to 40 years in prison. And this player, after UVA went on to play for the Philadelphia Eagles of the NFL for a little while, sentenced to 40 years in prison after being convicted of using his football connections at UVA and in the NFL as part of an investment scam. And after his professional career ended Prosecutor said 39-year-old Merrill Robertson Jr. and his friend had an idea to sell unknowing individuals on investment opportunities they proposed, and they had no financial experience. And federal prosecutors, they say that Robertson and his co-conspirator Sherman Vaughn, they misled investors and spent $10 million of the client's retirement contributions and investments. And now this former Cavalier football player off to prison for 40 years, that's the sentence, for merrill robertson jr who would have played for uva somewhere around 2000 is the rough time period there that would have been in the al Gro days i think of uva football but just this is this is not an uncommon thing i know other former football players other sports personalities have been caught up with these kind of scams there was some kind of deal 15 20 years ago with a lot of players, former players, in a music stream-sharing type deal, and I think some of them went to prison for that. A lot of them from various professional formats, by the way, went off to the Huskow for that unfortunate deal from many years ago, but that's the news there out of the Commonwealth of Virginia. We've told you before here on The Y'all Show, in parts of the Mid-South, there's something called chronic wasting disease, CWD, and that's affecting the deer population in states like Tennessee, Mississippi. Alabama's very concerned about this. How about this coming from West Tennessee in Fayette County at Somerville near Memphis, Tennessee, as they've invested there in Fayette County a million-dollar deer carcass incinerator. It's going to be put up there in the somerville area in fayetteville or rather fayette county in west tennessee and this will be part of a landfill to help prevent the spread of cwd chronic wasting disease as the tennessee fish and wildlife commission has been approved for this expenditure there and this darn incinerator i heard it's going to get close to 1100 degrees in temperature that's what it takes to actually get rid of chronic wasting disease inside these carcasses of white deer and fayette county tennessee is going to maintain and operate the incinerator at the local landfill there and i think i saw where around 1200 deer were killed maybe in this county alone or somewhere in west tennessee and out of maybe 1200 deer killed about 30 had cwd i'm sure i'm off a little bit on the numbers here but this thing is going to be operating this incinerator by next hunting season so we just had the 2019 deer hunting season end in west tennessee and in north mississippi and other places come 2020's hunting season you're going to have to go take your deer carcasses it looks like in this area at least to this incinerator to help spread or keep this disease from spreading through animal-to-animal contact. It's a gruesome thing to talk about, but this is a a major thing. This is sort of like a disease that can affect human beings, too. It's almost like mad cow disease, and it can affect human beings. Ultimately, it can kill human beings, ultimately, too. That's the need and the reason why the state of Tennessee is putting more than a million buckaroos and to get this write this down this is a new term for all of you a deer carcass incinerator cooking that deer at 1100 degrees to get rid of this possible disease but that's important to keep this thing under control and not spread to other areas because there is an outbreak of cwd right now in these areas of the mid-south How about this story from the state of Mississippi as people from that state tried to cash lottery tickets by gluing the winning number on their losing lottery tickets. Otis Latham and Russell Sparks of Columbus, Mississippi, they tried to claim the scratch-off winnings at the lottery headquarters in Flowood on Monday, according to the Mississippi Lottery Corporation spokesperson, and they wanted to claim a $100,000 lottery prize that they, they ended up going to from Columbus, which is on the Alabama border, to Flowood, that's about a two-hour drive, by the way, they really wanted the $100,000. So Mr. Latham and Mr. Sparks, they went on down to the state capital area of Mississippi, central Mississippi, and they took their lottery tickets and glued on the winning numbers to try to claim the lottery prize, but it doesn't quite work that way. They were arrested at the lottery headquarters and had been charged with conspiracy to commit a felony and uttering a counterfeit instrument over a thousand dollars. Also charged with false identification information being held in the Rankin County, Mississippi jail and expected to appear in court today. Not a smart thing to try to come up with a winning lottery ticket, you know, those things are so advanced now with the barcodes and such. I bet you that the lottery commissions of all of the different states really kind of sort of know where every winning lottery ticket is sold. And I'm I'm probably not telling you something you don't already know. So, unfortunately, Mr. Latham and Mr. Sparks didn't know that going into it. They hoped that they would be walking out of Flowood with 100K. <laughs> and unfortunately, they're walking into the jail cell for a little while hey some business news for you as many southern states have borden milk available to be purchased well this major u.s dairy is now seeking bankruptcy protection as milk sales have dropped as alternatives have gained popularity throughout the country as cow's milk versus alternative dairy milk products it's seeing a real shift here cow milk real dairy milk down 2.4% in sales in 2019, while the alternative dairy milk options up 4.7%. Now, that's a little bit better than what happened in 2018, where cow's milk was down 6.6%. And this alternative dairy milk, I assume they're talking about goat milk, coconut, soy milk, all these other options, those were at 9.2% gain in 2018 and that is really putting a hurt on america's dairy industry as the u.s dairy industry is the largest in the entire world and all of these shifting habits of consumers is affecting the industry borden has filed for bankruptcy protection the second major dairy to do so in as many months borden produces nearly 500 million gallons of milk each year for groceries for schools and others it employs 3300 people and has 12 plants across the country and that's not great news and i like i'm sure you do a lot of good borden milk borden says 2730 dairy farms have gone out of business in the last 18 months alone the remaining farms can command higher prices but that pinches borden which can't charge consumers more because of pressure from big competitors like walmart walmart opened its own milk processing plant in indiana back in 2018 so the milk industry of which many of you enjoy each and every morning and maybe you have it in the evening hours too nothing like a good glass of milk and a little cookie to get you ready for bedtime unfortunately right now we're seeing some changes in the industry and borden is being hit pretty hard in the dairy industry more business news from here in the south Fort Fort Worth, Texas-based Pier 1. I know you all have seen Pier 1 when you've been around shopping malls and such. The company is going to close nearly half of its stores as it plans major cuts after announcing poor third-quarter earnings, and 450 closures represent nearly half of the 1,000 North American stores located in all 50 states and in Canada. A listing of stores that will be closed has not yet been released by Pier 1, but it looks like this company is again out of fort worth having major problems here in the new year pier one said it would close some distribution centers and cut corporate headcount as well so that the news from the metroplex for pier one now some other business news this is good business news if you're lazy or you just don't feel like spending six bucks on a pizza and and you want to spend seven bucks instead because you got to pay for the delivery hey the Detroit-based Little Caesars Company that has pizza places all over the southeast, they have announced that they're going to start delivering pizzas for the first time in decades under a partnership with the on-demand food delivery service DoorDash. And I can't guarantee this will be in your neighborhood in the southeast, But if you're just craving crazy bread or you just want that Little Caesars cheap pizza and you're too slack to get in the car and go pick it up, or maybe you broke your leg and you can't go get in the car to do it or you don't trust anybody to bring it home for you, hey, thanks to DoorDash, you can get that Little Caesars pizza delivered right to your doorstep. And I don't know if they charge a little bit more for delivery. You need to tip your drivers, by the way. But how about that? Getting a a Little Caesars pizza right hot and fresh on your doorstep hey if you're a early retiree and you're looking for somewhere to go if you're tired of living in your town and you just feel like you just need to go sow some oats before you get called to the great beyond we have a list of the best states for early retirees thanks to the this just got released And out of the states to consider, we know the top 10 states of the top 10 states for best places to go for early retirees. Four of the 10 are in the southeast. In fact, just to let you know, not a single Yankee state, not a single Midwestern state even made this list they're all coming here and they're going out west a little bit to california made the list you also had wyoming on this list of places early retirees go and even washington state but here's where we can tell you the number one place for early retirees where they're going texas Texas has things like an average temperature of 66 degrees, and the health insurance premium tax credit after that is $118 in Texas. That's why that place is there. The next southern state that made the list was Florida, Florida at number three. Then you had at number, let's see, number seven, Tennessee, the volunteer state with a median household income of 52375 It's a place where early retirees can go and make themselves feel right at home. Tennessee's at seven. Mississippi is at eight. Mississippi, by the way, average temperature is 64.7 degrees. Yes, that would make me want to move there if I were in a place like Ohio for sure. And that's our top ten. Yeah, Tennessee, Mississippi florida i think is on there too and then of course texas at number one so if you're an early retiree and you're living let's say in a place like kentucky hey just move south to tennessee and you'll maybe feel a little bit warmer and you'll be having a little bit better median household income if the statistics are right all this again is subject for your own interpretation and this information coming to us thanks to the experts if you want to call them that at theseniorlist.com. Go check it out and decipher it as you will. And with a story like that, I think I'm ready to hit retirement right now and move to one of those great Southern states. Well, that's a quick look at headlines from the South here on this Tuesday. Hey, when we come back, you stay with us. We have got information that you want to know coming from the world of politics. And at the end of the hour, a tribute to my great uncle who was killed on this day, January 7th, 1945, in the Battle of the Bulge. All that ahead in this first hour of The Y'all Show.
1: I want to keep my heart healthy, so I get my cholesterol checked regularly. And when my doctor told me my cholesterol was borderline, I found garlic. According to my pharmacist, there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. And one garlic tablet is equal to a whole clove of garlic. Except it's odor-free. Yep, I'm doing what I can for my cholesterol. And I'm doing it with garlic. Garlic, cholesterol's natural enemy.
2: These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Beep's coming. You know what to do.
3: Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you. And I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship you're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. (laughs) How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could.
4: Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. Take advantage of Purple's Snorin' 20 sale and get free sheets and a premium sleep mask when you buy any Purple mattress. That's up to a $158 value. Claim your free premium Purple gifts today by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Data
5: rates may apply.
4: My
6: suitcase
4: trying to find a warm place to spend the night. Heavy raindrops falling. Seems I hear your voice calling, it's all right. It's a rainy night. Georgia, a rainy night in Georgia.
0: Hey, continuing on with today's Y'all Show, we turn our attention now to the world of politics. And that song there, a good Georgia song. And hey, Georgia, as of Monday, has a brand new U.S. senator representing the Peach State as Kelly Loeffler was sworn in as the newest senator. From Georgia, she replaces Senator Isaacson, who had to retire after a lot of health problems. She is a political newcomer who takes office amid a presidential impeachment going on in Washington, D.C. Of course, Governor Brian Kemp of Georgia appointed Loeffler, a businesswoman from the Atlanta area, to the vacant seat. And that came with uh, the disapproval, if you want us to call it that, from President Trump as he wanted Doug Collins, the North Georgia congressman, to take over that Senate seat and now Loeffler, who some say is a moderate, and I know one of the things she's got to her credit is she was one of the co-owners, and I guess still is, of the Atlanta Dream. That's a WNBA franchise in Atlanta, Georgia. And she becomes the newest senator and a darn Yankee, as I've told you. I think she's a native of Illinois. And she's now the senator from the state of Georgia as she represents the great state there in Washington, D.C. As of money, of course, on this day, all of Congress back in session. Loeffler is 49 years old and a political newcomer now taking over that empty seat in congress in the u.s senate specifically for the state of georgia more political news this is from the commonwealth of virginia J- john calipari running for office no he he's not quite doing that that's the kentucky wildcat had basketball coach not trying to get all you uk fans going wild here that he's leaving basketball no he's trying to help out the effort to the get the census going big in 2020 and he and the rest of the University of Kentucky are supporting this year's census, census because the results help determine where money for roads, schools and hospitals are spent in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And so there's a campaign out now where Coach Cal and Kentucky, other people within the university... Have something to say for the first time, the Census Bureau will accept responses online through a quick and secure process. So if you see Coach Cal of Kentucky basketball fame out promoting the upcoming U.S. Census, at least if you live in the state of Kentucky. You'll know now that it is a legitimate effort to promote the census and get everybody to sign up for the darn thing, especially, especially if you're an actual citizen of this country. I know there's been a lot of controversy about non-citizens participating in the census, but in the bluegrass, yes, Coach Cal wants you to slam dunk that census form here in 2020. Hey, to presidential politics, Michael Bloomberg running for president on the Democratic side, and he's been touring southern states here of late. He was in Montgomery, Alabama the other day. He was also in Raleigh, North Carolina on a campaign stop where he promised compassion and common decency when he was in the state capital of North Carolina. He's told supporters he joined the race to restore compassion and common decency, and he promised to unify the country and get things done The pledge, it was well, well received by those in attendance in, again, Raleigh, North Carolina, when Mayor Bloomberg was visiting there. As I said, he also went into the capital of Alabama in recent days. Other Democratic hopefuls visiting North Carolina in recent days. In September, Bernie Bernie Sanders had a big rally at the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill. Joe Biden was in Durham just a few months ago. Elizabeth Warren was in Raleigh a few months back and Pete Buttigieg was in the Goldsboro area and he was there just a few weeks before Christmas and that is just North Carolina not exactly the top of the list to go to because of the way the primary system works because North Carolina's primary is on March 3rd when voters go there to pick their choice. Other southern states like South Carolina have the jump on North Carolina. So yeah, the candidates are stopping by there as this state's going to be a big state to capture when the actual general election is in November, but sowing their seeds in the old North state. Now in Texas, a lot of these same candidates are going into Texas to try to increase their visibility ahead of Super Tuesday. That's when Texans will go there to the polls and vote as Texans will vote on March 3rd. And we kind of have a list of some of the places where these candidates are going to in the Lone Star State. Joe Biden will be in the Lone Star State next week. He's going to spend two days there. And this weekend, Michael Bloomberg, the aforementioned Michael Bloomberg, will be in Texas. I guess he's got a lot of money. He can fly wherever he wants to. Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Amy Klobuchar, Cory Booker have already gone into Texas a couple of times, and they intend to go back before march so yeah it's texas is a huge haul if you can get the delegates from there in the super tuesday 262 delegates in texas alone on super tuesday that the importance of capturing that in just a couple of weeks hey we love to talk politics with you here and instead of giving you poll numbers how about we talk a little democratic presidential candidates and the odds of winning the democratic presidential nomination not necessarily winning the white house but what are the odds of winning the president or the Democratic nod to go on and compete for presidency? Well, right now, Joe Biden is leading that effort. He's got about a 36% chance of capturing it, according to RealClearPolitics.com. And just below him, I think it's Bernie Sanders, and Bernie is at 26, so 26% chance that Bunny is going to get the nomination. Elizabeth Warren's sitting right around 15%. Pete Buttigieg at 12%. These are not polls. These are the odds. If you want to go to Vegas and put a bet down, these are the odds. Some names that aren't even running here is... Hillary Clinton, she's got about a five point four percent chance of capturing the Democratic nomination in twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Michelle Obama, she's got right around a one point four percent chance of getting the nomination. So that that's a little bit oh Oprah Winfrey, where is she? She's at zero point three percent odds of winning the Democratic nomination in twenty twenty. Not the polls. These are these are the odds. And there you have it. All this from RealClearPolitics.com, and the odds of President Trump winning the Republican nomination, a hundred percent. When we come bold projection there. When we come back on the All Show, a special tribute to Sergeant Knowlton Sharp, who was killed on this day in the Battle of the Bulge, January seventh, nineteen forty-five. And Sergeant Sharp, my great uncle, will discuss him and other heroes of the Greatest Generation after this break.
2: Beep's coming. You know what to do.
3: Hey, I'm gonna just rip this band-aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you. And I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. (laughs) How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool, not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could.
4: Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. Take advantage of Purple's Snorin' 20 sale and get free sheets and a premium sleep mask when you buy any Purple mattress. That's up to a $158 value. Claim your free premium Purple gifts today by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R
5: to 84888. Data rates may apply.
3: Chicago way he had a bookie style that no one else could play he was the top man at his craft but then his number came up and he was gone with the draft he's in the army now a blowing revelry he's the boogie you bugle boy of company b
0: it's the final segment a, here of this first hour of today's y'all show i'm john rawl and as we close up this hour i want to give a solemn tribute to my great uncle a man of course i never knew my mother never knew my uncle who is his namesake never knew my own son who i named after this great uncle never knew and i didn't know him because sadly like so many of our great heroes he was killed in world war ii he died on this day january 7th 1945 in the bloodiest battle of ww2 the battle of the bulge in belgium and james knowlton sharp is who i'm Giving a salute to today, James Knowlton Sharp, K-N-O-W-L-T-O-N, his name and last name S-H-A-R-P-E. He was a native of Swansea, South Carolina. That's in Lexington County, right next to Columbia, South Carolina. And he, like so many of our youngsters, went to war. He was 25 years old when he was killed in Belgium fighting the Nazis, and he was a part of the 17th Airborne Division. He was part of the 513th Parachute Infantry Regiment, the PIR there. He trained in southern middle Tennessee at Tullahoma. There was Camp Forrest there prior to him going off overseas and fighting in the Battle of the Bulge. The 17th Airborne Division was led by a general named Miley, whose hometown was Starkville, Mississippi. And many of you probably have never heard of the 17th Airborne Division. It, like so many of our world war ii divisions got eliminated after the war yes we know about the 82nd and the 101st and the first infantry division and such but there were a lot of great soldiers in other divisions whose names didn't carry on beyond world war ii but my great uncle died in this battle and i just wanted to take a moment here on this 75th anniversary of his death to thank him for his service to thank him and all the other young boys who died in this awful battle, but a very important battle. If you know anything about World War II, this was Hitler's last hope of dividing the Allies and possibly having us go to the peace table and create a a solution on the Western Front where he would only have to worry about the Russians. Well, it didn't work out that way thanks to the sacrifice of those who died, like Sergeant James K. Sharp, James Dalton Sharp, And others who survived, and we have a handful of those guys left with us, those who made it through the battle, the besieged bastards of Bastogne, that would be the 101st Airborne, and Matthew Ridgway, who told the German commander nuts when they asked him to surrender. And we held on in Bastogne, we held on, Patton was a hero in that battle, and just so many of the guys came through for us, and we were able to withstand the German assault and move on in the coming months to victory in Europe, And that was a great thing. Of course, Battle of the Bulge followed what happened in Holland with Operation Market Garden that a lot of Americans died in. And then, of course, all the battles in France of 1944, including D-Day. And I'm sure many of you have personal connections to those great heroes of World War II. And we want to thank all of them here as we get close to saluting the end of World War II. The 75th anniversary comes up. VE Day would be May 8th. And of course, the fighting in the Pacific that officially ended right around Labor Day. And we'll be remembering all that here on the Y'all Show. But there were so many great Americans, so many great Southerners who never made it home. And on this day, I remember James Knowlton Sharp, my great uncle. He was my maternal great uncle. My grandmother, her brother. My grandmother, Pauline. This would be her. I think older brother she had two older brothers and a younger brother and James Knowlton Sharp didn't make it back home and I was always told he froze to death in the battle remember it was so freaking cold there in Bastogne and throughout Belgium in this awful awful battle but he died so that we can be free and others like him and others who fought and died in other wars previous to World War II and also after World War II and again my uncle, not great uncle, my actual uncle, James Knowlton Sharp Sturkey, uh, an avid listener of the show, carries that name of his uncle in and has since his birth. My son, I named Knowlton in honor of my great uncle and his sacrifice on this day, January 7th, 1945 right there in the baston area of belgium as part of the 17th airborne division i salute you uncle nolt i salute all of our heroes of the greatest generation and what's amazing is so many of those descendants who've come from the 17th airborne division they continue that mission of remembering that division that many of you may, may never have heard of as part of an organization called the scions of the 17th Airborne Division, of which I'm a member. And it's pretty neat to to be affiliated with others who are now descendants of our heroes from World War II. All right, thank you for listening to this great tribute to, again, Staff Sergeant James Knowlton Sharp, Swansea, South Carolina. And I'm doing this today because there were nearly 90,000 American casualties in this one battle. And my great-uncle, who at 25 years old died, he was not married, he didn't leave behind a child. His life ended, and he was not alone. So many of our great heroes, they, they, they died, and they didn't have anybody to carry on their legacy, directly at least. Thank goodness my grandmother named my uncle after her brother, and his name carries that on, and now I've named my own son after my great uncle who died again 75 years ago today. Well we come back in hour two of today's Y'all show. Hey, stick around. We're gonna start it off with a quick look at some of the various sports headlines. Tua's going to the NFL. Also, the Dallas Cowboys have a new head football coach. We'll discuss that. Plus, we'll go to the Big Twelve and get a report from Matt Hearmins, our Barrister of Big Twelve football, but we'll also get Mr. Hemans to weigh in on Mardi Gras cooking because it's officially Mardi Gras season in the South. All that ahead in hour two of this, the Y'all show.
5: Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org, brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
0: Back into another hour of the show all about the South. Hello, I'm John Rawl, and this is The Y'all Show. And we've got a great interview coming up in just a few minutes with our friend Matt Hermans, his first report of the new year. He's going to be on to talk about college football, specifically the Big 12. And you know what? It is officially Mardi Gras season, and we're going to get Matt to weigh in on Mardi Gras food choices and some activities in Mardi Gras country as we work our way to Fat Tuesday at the end of February. So Matt Hermans has the dual role of Big 12 football and food talk coming your way later this hour. Hey, if you want to be involved with the Y'all show, we welcome your input 803-816-1170. Our website is y'all. That's yal dot com. Y'all dot com. And check us out on Facebook as well, the y'all.com page. We've got a lot of likes and we're growing that page and every single episode of this here y'all show is posted every single day on the pages of y'all.com on Facebook. All right, let's get to some sports happening. This is what we call sports lanyap here on the Y'all Show, and football is our big emphasis right now in the month of January, and we'll start out today talking about the NFL as the Dallas Cowboys officially cut ties on Sunday with Jason Garrett, and come Monday, it was announced that the Cowboys are going to hire Mike McCarthy as the new coach. Now, I think some of the dotted, the dots need to be dotted and the t's need to be crossed but it looks like mike mccarthy who was a coach for over i think a decade in green bay and helped lead the packers to a super bowl title back in the 2000s as he won the super bowl game against the pittsburgh steelers oddly enough at AT at&t stadium there in arlington that happened back in february of 2011 was that win for the pack Mike McCarthy it looks like he's heading to Frisco, Texas to take over the Dallas Cowboys. And I think he'll become the seventh actual head coach. Or rather, he'll be the ninth head coach in the history of the Cowboys. And Coach... Okay, he's going to have a, a big task ahead of him. It's a big difference between coaching the Green Bay Packers and tiny Green Bay Wisconsin versus coaching what some call America's team. And arguably the most famous NFL franchise is the Dallas Cowboys. I I, I know they haven't won maybe as many Super Bowls of late as someone, let's say, the New England Patriots, but my goodness, you see that star all over the country all over the world and i think dallas got the best coach they possibly could pick in mccarthy now yes his tenure in green bay did not end the best of ways for him but if you recently saw i I saw on youtube a great interview from the nfl network and i think his name is peter whatever his last name is i i should know his name he's uh, peter burns no, no that's not peter peter you know who i'm talking about the kind of guy that's a veteran reporter for the nfl he went up to green bay spent some time at mccarthy's house and mccarthy after he got fired at the end of the 2018 season he didn't take a coaching job this last year he has been analyzing game film and kind of being a consultant for the last year and he says that's made him a lot better analyst and a lot better guy heading into his next opportunity so he is going to go to dallas it appears now If McCarthy's headed to Big D, we still have some vacancies in the NFL. We still have teams that are looking right now. Some of these teams had McCarthy on their radar. So what's going to happen, let's say, with the Cleveland Browns, as they have potential interviews set up with Josh McDaniels of the Patriots and Greg Roman as they look to find a replacement for Freddie Kitchens, who only spent the one year in Cleveland coaching the Browns. That is a team in need of a coach. You also have a fired coach in the New York Giants as Shermer was let go. Who's going to take over the G-men there? And some people have rumored that Matt Rule, the Baylor coach, could actually be a candidate for the the big, Big Blue there. Now the Carolina Panthers interviewed Mike McCarthy several weeks back. While the season was still going on in Charlotte, they had McCarthy interview for the job after Ron Rivera was let go. And the Panthers still have not hired a coach. And one one of the names in the mix for the head job in Charlotte is Eric Bieniemy, the former Colorado Buffalo running back turned Cincinnati Bengal running back, and has been a coordinator on offense for the kansas city chiefs i think it's the Chiefs. it might be the ravens but he's been a coordinator i think he's with the chiefs though and so he's in the mix as a possible candidate there david tepper has to make a decision remember the panthers made the first coaching change in this 2019 season and they still haven't picked a coach now their former coach ron rivera was just hired the other day by the washington redskins as the coach the riverboat gambler is going to go in and replace jay gruden in our nation's capital those are your coaching vacancies still going on in the nfl and remember in in addition to coaches you got general manager vacancies and you got a lot of quarterbacks right now that are real question marks heading into this offseason eli manning is he done is he done in new york is he done for good philip rivers he's coming back but is he going to be a la charger or is he going to go to greener pastures somewhere else what about tom brady and the speculation there is he might end up a Charger. He might fill in for Philip Rivers in Tinseltown as the Chargers move into that fancy new stadium in Englewood. So a lot of questions there with the quarterbacks. Of course, you got still some coaching vacancies. All this is subject to change. We might be filling these positions before the time you get to hear this show today. But that's what's going on in the National Football League from a vacancy perspective. Now, some of these quarterback positions of 2020 and heading into 2020, the 20. 2020 season, some of the answers and questions that might be answered there involving some of the quarterbacks just might be coming out of Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Because on Monday, Tua Tagovailoa, the Alabama quarterback who got injured at the end of this 2019 season, he announced that he's going to go to the NFL draft. After he's recovered from a major hip surgery, he's going to skip his senior season in T-Town. And he was the Heisman Trophy runner-up, and he announced this decision Monday at the Malmore Athletic Facility on the Alabama campus. Nick Saban alongside him praised him, adding that the quarterback is on pace to graduate on time. And so when he goes off to the NFL, he should have his degree from the capstone right there alongside him. And who? Who? Is he going to be a NFL quarterback? For it? he's projected to be a top ten pick, and to a top below, wow! What a what a great pickup that could be for this guy who helped Alabama win the twenty seventeen college football playoff national championship game in Atlanta against the Georgia. Bulldog, so he's off to the NFL. The Hawaiian is expected to to do great things at the next level, assuming he stays healthy. Now, a lot of other departures there in Tuscaloosa for Nick Saban's program. Xavier McKinney, he's a safety for Alabama. He's announced he's going to skip his senior season and go into the NFL. And another possible top ten pick coming out of the Alabama football program. Oh, and we're not done. As wide receiver Jerry Judy, another NFL high prospect he's actually a likely top five pick judy the wide receiver has announced he is going to the nfl in the draft coming up soon so there's going to be some positions to fill within the alabama football program when 2020's practices pop up and such that it's going to be it's going to be a fun fun time in college football with alabama they have that tradition of winning sure But Nick Saban, he knows how to reload. And let's be honest. I was impressed with Mac Jones. That's the backup quarterback for the Crimson Tide. And in that bowl game they had on New Year's Day against Michigan, man, he looked very good in the quarterback position. Did y'all, did y'all have a chance to see that? Of course, that was a, a day that you had several college football games going on. And sure enough, Mac Jones, he threw three touchdown passes. Judy actually in this game became the first Alabama player to top 200 receiving yards in a bowl game. And Alabama was able to beat number seventeen Michigan thirty-five to sixteen in the Citrus Bowl. But if Mac Jones is going to be back, as he's expected to be, and I guess the reins are all his heading into the twenty twenty season. Of course, I know they've got some great talent coming in to compete for the quarterback position at Alabama. But this guy with a little bit more experience. Hey, if they'd have been able to beat Auburn, Alabama would have been in the national championship picture at least they would have made that 14 playoff more than likely and you would have seen mac jones perhaps being the latest hero coming out of tuscaloosa alabama but unfortunately auburn got the best of them alabama whips up on michigan sadly for auburn they got whipped up by the minnesota golden gophers in their bowl game in Tampa and that is a quick look at various sports items here and our Tuesday our sports yapp is what we call it here of the y'all show speaking of Lanyap and that part of the world when we come back after the break Matt Herman's is going to join us to talk about those LSU Bayou Bengals as they get ready to play in the national championship game against the Clemson Tigers also it's Mardi Gras time and Matt's going to weigh in with some great dishes that you can enjoy here and get your Louis Louisiana, your Mardi Gras, and all the other great items that go along with the Gulf Coast. All that is coming up with our interview with Matt Hermans on The Y'all Show.
1: I want to keep my heart healthy. So I get my cholesterol checked regularly. And when my doctor told me my cholesterol was borderline, I found garlic. According to my pharmacist, there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. And one garlic tablet is equal to a whole clove of garlic, except it's odor free. Yep. I'm doing what I can for my cholesterol and I'm doing it with garlic. Garlic cholesterol's natural enemy.
2: These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Keeps coming. You know what to do.
3: Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you. And I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. (laughs) How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool, not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could.
4: Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. Take advantage of Purple's Snorin' 20 sale and get free sheets and a premium sleep mask when you buy any Purple mattress. That's up to a $158 value. Claim your free premium Purple gifts today by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Data rates may
5: apply. Thank <laughs> you.
0: to the y'all show as we roll on on this second day of the work week john Rawl now joined by the big 12 and barbecue barrister matt Herman's he is with us now throughout the rest of 2020 we had him throughout 2019 and now we're going to talk to him about barbecue and food but from time to time we'll have him weigh in on the big 12 and other college sports news barrister welcome back into the y'all show happy new year
6: Happy New Year to everybody. Hopefully, everybody had a Merry Christmas and a great holiday with their family. And, you know, the real world is back. 2020 is here.
0: It is back, and we're going to discuss one of the things that I just discovered on Monday that's a real sign that we're into a whole new year, and that involves a little food. So I'm going to have you talk about that, but we got to put that on ice. we got to have you talk a little football, if you don't mind. As we had you throughout the fall come on, talk about Big 12 football. The Big 12 able to sneak a team into the four-team playoff in the Oklahoma Sooners. But unfortunately, Mr. Hearmans, the Sooners evidently took a day off in Atlanta a few days back. That they
6: did, yeah. I, I can, um, you know, I feel like, the, and I think, well, this is not a uh, a novelty take or anything like that, but uh, I think that the, the, the other three teams, Clemson, and um ohio state and of course lsu obviously (laughs) are the kind of the cream of the uh cream of the crop and oklahoma was um i think not just oklahoma i want to be fair to oklahoma i think the next team no matter who it was that would have gotten in would have been uh, kind of a step below those three at least this year so not terribly surprised at how how that game went especially having been someone who watched Oklahoma throughout the year and particularly the last several games of the year, watched them kind of struggle and limp around to, to the victories they got to. So, um, not, not terribly shocking, but, uh, I mean, no doubt in that game at all. Um, from, from the very beginning, LSU is a juggernaut. And, um, I have a feeling that I have a feeling that Clement is Clemson is going to kind of also feel a little bit of, of the, the LSU momentum as well. I just think that's a has been the class of the country the whole year. And um, so not surprised there that uh, the Big 12's lone representative got, got uh, kind of demolished. But LSU has been demolishing a lot of folks, and uh, my gut tells me that they may not um, treat Clemson very well in the, in the championship game either. But that is – that is one man's opinion
0: well one man's opinion means a lot here when we have that one man be our big 12 barrister matt hermans oklahoma did fall to lsu back on the 28th of december in the chick-fil-a peach bowl losing 63 to 28 joe Burrow almost 500 yards passing and what i've already kind of let this go back to the back of my brain did he have seven touchdowns or something like that in seven
6: game? seven in the first half
0: okay okay, uh,
6: okay. in the first half correct
0: all right that's no what I interceptions
6: thought. no interceptions
0: yeah, yeah he, he, he's pretty good as lsu moves pretty on weird. to the college football national championship game where they'll face off clemson and clemson had a, a very exciting game against ohio state the tigers end up winning that one 29 23 and so on monday night coming up here in just a few days monday january 13th in new orleans it's the national championship game featuring the tigers and tigers death valley versus death valley eight o'clock eastern seven o'clock central time kick from mercedes-benz superdome mr Hermans, what are we going to see in this game
6: wow yeah the tigers versus tigers um i didn't <laughs> i can't believe i didn't think of death valley versus death valley but uh uh clearly this is kind of a weird kind of a weird deal
0: hey both teams uh, play tiger rag it's their fight song they're wild, actually yeah. they're going to have a home and home series in about 2 or 3 years also so that's, that's exciting
6: yeah that'll be you know battle of the uh, who's whose valley is deathier but um yeah the uh, no it's pretty pretty wild i can't think of another team that not only have the same basketball, there's a lot of Tigers, of course, out there, but, uh, but the, the same nickname for the stadium, that's pretty rare. So, anyway, yeah, heck of a football game. Clemson and Ohio State, really, really good one, and Trevor Lawrence uh, really kind of showed that he's not just uh, Peyton Manning, not just Peyton Manning, I'm not diminishing Peyton Manning, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever play uh, in the NFL, at least, uh, but yeah, he really showed his, his athletic ability during that game. They needed him to uh, to run the football, and in my goodness, I don't think uh, a lot of people knew he was that type of athlete, uh, not just moving around the pocket. I think everybody knew he had mobility that way, but sixty yard uh, you know touchdown scramble, uh, running past the defensive backs for Ohio State. I don't think anybody I knew that was an issue now here here's the thing. LSU knows <laughs> that, that he can run like that now. so uh, you know, I mean, if anybody didn't know before they know now, so they'll they'll certainly. Uh, be ready for him to take off and scramble, but that, that, that makes you uh, as a defensive coordinator that causes you to, uh, have to spy or at least dedicate a part of your game plan to the quarterback who's able to run. Now, now Trevor Lawrence is able to run. Um, so what I think is going to happen is going to be a heck of a football game. I do think LSU is going to win. And like I kind of hinted at before, I think LSU is, uh, just a little bit, Above every other team I think I've seen this year, including Clemson, uh, you know, the Clemson defense, Brent Venables, heck of a D.C. They got plenty of talent, uh, some really good linebackers. Uh, Tanner Muse has played really, really well for Clemson in the uh, linebacking core. A uh, really good run stuffer, but also has shown ability to cover uh, wide receivers in, the, in the running through the middle of the field as well. So, uh, and of course, everybody knows about their defensive line. Everybody knows about Trevor Lawrence. Everybody knows about T. Higgins. Um, I mean, there's a lot of talent uh, on the Clemson offense and defense. There's, there's no doubt about that. Uh, LSU, I think, is uh, is as talented, if not more. I think Joe Burrow is one of the better quarterbacks I've seen um, in college football uh, for a while. Not to take any. Trevor Lawrence could be a number one pick overall. Incredibly talented guy. Joe Burrow is just, I think, has a level of accuracy uh, and his ability to see the field is, is pretty rare. Um, you know, just kind of a, kind of a, kind of an amazing talent. So I would say uh, in my opinion, I would say LSU uh, can kind of do everything Clemson can maybe just a little bit better. Um, I think the offense for LSU is, is clearly better uh, based on strength and schedule and the amount of points that have been put up this season. Um, now Clemson's is one of the better defenses they're going to see for sure. Um, the SEC has had some good defenses, but not not uh, you know not 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 the defenses that LSU has faced in the SEC have not been, in my opinion, up to the Clemson level. But nobody stopped LSU yet, uh, and LSU is a juggernaut that has been rolling through, folks. So uh, I think it'll be a good game. I think in the second half, LSU will uh, kind of take a uh, comfortable lead, and I imagine the end of this game will be ten or fourteen points for the Bayou Tigers and not the Clemson Tigers. That's my prediction.
0: All right. Well, I know you're used to seeing on college game day when they make all their bold picks before the kickoff, they'll go through the list of the big ones, maybe the one they're calling that day, and you'll have Mr. Herbstreet say, well, you know, I can't pick that game because I'm calling (laughs) it. You You, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Well, unfortunately, Matt Hermans and the rest of the Y'all Nation, I am not able to weigh in on the Clemson LSU football game because, believe it or not, I found out over the little holiday hiatus we had here on the all show, there is a family connection between yours truly and quarterback Joe Burrow of LSU. Oh, wow. Yes. He is rela- related to my kinsman not not me he's related to my son oh wow i had no idea that joe burrow's grandparents live in amory mississippi
6: yeah 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 he's got mississippi roots somewhere going back
0: and my son through my late wife as i call her through her family (laughs) god rest her soul (laughs) (laughs) through her family she's connected to the burrow family and sure enough there is a great place in amory mississippi called bill's hamburgers you go in there matt they got a very limited menu and they serve burgers with or without And I think with is some kind of special sauce they put on it. Without, it comes naked. All right? Uh, Bill's Hamburgers, Amory, Mississippi. Well, guess what? Joe Burrow, in the summer before last, when he was working out there at Baton Rouge in their indoor facility, there was a photograph taken of him working out in his lsu football britches and he's got a bill's hamburgers t-shirt on amory Amory, (laughs) mississippi out of all the places he could be repping he's repping little old bill's hamburgers which their restaurant's no bigger than a single wide trailer by the way and i was happy to see that so my son is connected to joe burrow therefore and they're probably like 16th cousins but that's close enough. That's close enough.
6: Uh, Yeah. You know, high standards on this show. And I appreciate you holding yourself to that high standard. I I thought you were going to say, um, that you went to a, um, you know, a rival South Carolina university, and that you just hated Clemson. That's what I thought you were going to well, say. Well, the so. truth
0: is, most of my family are Clemson fans. Most of my family okay. went to Clemson College, as I call it. Uh, my brother graduated <laughs> from there. I've got nephews, you- nieces. I've got a niece who's already committed to play golf there in a couple of years. She's oh, wow. one of the best golfers going at her age. And my nephew literally, six out of seven days, is wearing something Clemson. And this was okay. before they even got to be good in football this kid oh, was born that's, that's, he that's came cool. out of the womb wearing orange and purple
6: i see i see so um yeah, so he was. Uh, they were remembering 1980 and not uh, 2017. That's, 81. Uh, Get your year. 81. Right. Oh, yeah. hey, hey, that was a good. That was a good effort. Yeah. Uh, I hand it to myself. So you spell it
0: with a K. K L I M P S O N. Is that pr- you that? pronounce we, it that way? Clemson. It's got a. It's got a P in it.
6: Clemson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it spelled that way, probably from um, gamecocks and things like well, that. Gamecocks.
0: But, yeah. Yes, they call them. And the old joke growing up is all dirt roads lead to Clemson and <laughs> if you want to go to clemson just get on a dirt road and you'll end up in clemson south York. but you know what like they've got like the last it. laugh they have yeah, got the yeah. last laugh they are a dynasty and no doubt and although yours truly can't pick this game coming up on the 13th of january don't be surprised if dabbo sweeney walks away with another national championship they're they're a darn good football program and i agree and i admit i don't like them at all i never have liked clemson college i i hope they don't win but something tells me (laughs) they're gonna win and and myself and every other hater of clemson has to live with it and clemson fans don't get mad at me hey you're the champs you're the current champs and even if you don't win come monday you still have the best. I think they got the best program in all of football, even better than Alabama.
6: Yeah, well, I, I think over the last several years, it's be hard pressed to argue against that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know there's a certain team in the Lone Star State you're not a big fan of, but if that team well, started, every every one of them, yeah, yeah, but if that team started winning like four of the five national championships, you you have to just tip your hat your your sombrero yeah. to them, right?
6: Yeah. <laughs> I would, I would have to admit greatness, and 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 still continue to hate them. That's right. that's correct.
0: Well, let me ask you this: Is we have had you have the Big Twelve skew on things here, Barrister? Big Twelve needs to step up their game. I don't think yeah. there's been a championship hoisted by that conference since what no. 2005's Texas Longhorn victory over God, USC.
6: That's that's true. Um, and usually, uh, this was this was probably say this is the worst um year for the Big 12 that, that I can remember. Uh at least I think overall strength was down and I think the bowl games show that I'm a big I'm a big believer in head to head matchup. I mean if you're not a big believer in head to head matchups then I don't know what you're a believer in. But um you know I feel like a bowl season can show kind of the strength of the conference and Big 12 has has been respectable against the SEC, against the Big Ten, against the Pac uh, the pack is against um uh, every league they've played you know over the last decade they've they've gotten their wins they've gotten their licks in they've scored a lot of points against a lot of these teams despite uh, you know talking about them being soft on defense etc this year was not that way uh this year the big 12 was um just destroyed in all their bowl games and destroyed in the the biggest one so very down year for the conference and i, I kind of could have I could have told you that throughout the year, if I had to predict, it just it just didn't seem like there was uh, a, towards the top that there was the great teams. Uh, Texas was not good, I know. But uh, <laughs> um, the, the, their bowl game, they
0: don't yeah. tell Utah
6: that. Yeah, I mean the bowl, Texas in a bowl game. Shoot, Georgia, Utah, you talk about racking up skins there. But uh, you know, overall, just not a good year for the Big Twelve. The bowl game showed that, and yeah, I would expect a bounce back, but. Uh, a prototypical down season uh for the conference as a whole i would say
0: yeah well also a down bowl season for general gridiron and the y'all kickoff show matt we got some hate mail over the last couple of days and i got to read what i I actually announced this on monday's y'all show but you'll maybe get a little laugh out of this as we got a listener who called in and said who was the general of those bowl picks? George B. McClellan? <laughs> terrible. Oh my, Just my plain terrible. So to connect Ouch. General Gridiron in the Y'all Show to a Yankee general in George man. B. McClellan, that's that's a pretty low blow.
6: I would say that's the lowest. And I would say I've heard cuss words, and uh, those are easy to shake off, but that is that's
0: pretty brutal. Yeah. and let for my people. George B. McClellan got fired by Abraham Lincoln and was even going to, uh, he may have even been the Democratic nominee in 1864 against Lincoln and lost that. Does that sound right from your yeah, political it, science it, class? It does. It does. So he's a so. two-time loser, and you're calling the y'all show a two-time Yankee loser. That, that's that's Ooh, just that's just hard. Three strikes. Yeah, three strikes. That's hard. Hard to stomach. Well, it is, it is going to be a great championship game come Monday. We've got a lot more to tell all y'all about Clemson versus LSU. Which, by the way, Matt, if you don't know this, and I'm sure you do because you are our barrister of all things, not just barbecue. <laughs> Whoa! It was Whoa. it was the first national. championship championship 1958 was the year paul dietzel was coach of the bayou Bengals, and it was a sugar bowl game against the clemson college tigers that lsu won in the sugar bowl of 1959 technically and that gave them their first national championship in new orleans again new orleans clemson lsu and clemson and now we have all these years later a rematch by the way the great billy cannon was one of the stars of that win in 19. Fifty-eight, but now those know, two te- those two tigers get back together. This time, not in a Sugar Bowl, but for a national championship game. Speaking of yeah. New Orleans, and speaking of that part of the world, hey, it is officially a national holiday. Well, at least for a couple of weeks, it's a national holiday. What is it? We'll tell you about it, and we'll get our barbecue barrister Matt Herman's to weigh in on how to celebrate this weeks long holiday. All that coming up here on the Y'all Show.
2: Beep's coming. You know what to do.
3: Hey, I'm gonna just rip this band-aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you. And I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could.
4: Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. Take advantage of Purple's Snoring 20 sale and get free sheets and a premium sleep mask when you buy any Purple mattress. That's up to a $158 value. Claim your free premium Purple gifts today by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Data rates may apply.
7: out in the middle of a big dance floor. When I that middle, wanna beg for more. Wanna dance to a band from
0: Louisiana tonight. final segment of this Tuesday y'all I'm John Rawl. got some festive music there because we got our festive guy Matt Herman's our big 12 our college football we got to have him weigh in on college basketball and college baseball now for a little while and he's also our barbecue barrister he's back with us here in our final segment matt on monday i'm sure you were celebrating it marked the official beginning of mardi gras 2020 how did you celebrate on monday
6: well we are we are big uh the uh, barrister household is a big uh mardi gras we're, we're big mardi gras people and uh we're, we're on a crew in our little town where we where we live uh, and uh so we we get into it pretty good every year. And, and say, I got
0: I oh. got to ask, what does that really mean being on a crew? K R E W E. Yeah. So so we live we
6: live in a town called Galveston, Texas. I'm not not a no no reason not to uh, tout tout my 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 residence uh, city here, and it has a Mardi Gras history. A lot of people may not know that um, uh, Mardi Gras began in uh, Galveston right after the end of the Civil War. Um, and has been going pretty much constantly. There was a break around the World War II time, which there was uh, in a lot of places celebrate Mardi Gras, but uh, it's been going full force uh, for, for a while now, and uh, so we're on a crew, and what that means is um, just a little fun club. You know, you get to ride the float, and you get to go to the little party, and you have, a, uh, you have shirts and hats that have your little crew name on it, and you, you get to uh, throw beads to people, and there's parties that are connected to that because you're kind of part of a little club. It's it's yeah, it's with a K. You're right, and uh, that's pretty much it. Is. It's kind of a social club that just gets together during Mardi Gras and does fun things and puts floats together and rides them and has fun. It's it's nothing more than that, really. All right. so,
0: so, does your crew only have one parade throughout the Mardi Gras season?
6: Uh, no. So we, there's there's actually uh, a few parades that that, that our crews involved, in. it's the same. Parade. Well, let me let me. It's the same uh, set of floats, uh, of course, for every every Mardi Gras season. But uh, a couple different parades the the, uh, the the they roll through. But the one we're we're doing, we usually do the same one every year, and that's kind of the last night. It's the kind of the big night time parade uh, that rolls through downtown Galveston. So that's the one we're on. But, no, it's not the only one. They roll through several parades. uh, Our crew does. Uh, So the way I look at it is um, the way as soon as Christmas is over, as soon as January 1st hits, it's Mardi Gras season. Uh, That's the way I look at it. Christmas trees go up, beads come out, you know, all the decorations get rolling, start thinking about king cakes and uh, all that type of good stuff. So love Mardi Gras. Glad it's here.
0: All right. Well, Matt, we announced this on Monday, and I'm not sure if you heard every single second of our Monday edition, but Blue Bell ice cream is putting back out on the shelves in certain Mm -hmm. sections of the South, a Mardi Gras king cake flavored ice cream. Are you aware of that? Have you had it?
6: I am aware. I have had it, and I do like it. Okay. (laughs) It is a, uh, um, well, if anybody's had king cake, you know what it is. It's kind of a flaky, kind of a crusty um usually round uh pastry uh, heavily flavored with vanilla and cinnamon a lot of times it has a uh, maybe a creamy type uh, filling um, cream cheese base so yeah kind of a cinnamon vanilla uh, crusty sort of creamy deal they're different varieties some have pecans on the outside of it i know you would say it differently um we can fight about that later but either way the uh yeah it's delicious so basically the king cake is cinnamon vanilla kind of cream cheesy flavored ice cream with swirls and chunks of pastry in there that uh, i don't it's awesome i love it i I would eat it right now in fact i'm hungry Mm
0: -hmm. all right well we'll make sure that the folks in brenham texas send you a nice sample of bluebell's king cake ice cream by the way fat tuesday is going to be february 25th this year that's a long way away matt so we've got Mardi Gras stuff going on in places like Galveston all the way up until February 25th?
6: Uh, no, I would say the first two weeks, kind of like anywhere else, the two weeks that approach um, Mardi Gras, which would be that last Tuesday, Fat Tuesday, uh, those are when everything starts really happening. Although, okay. private events, you know, hey, uh, there's parties, there's like crew parties coming up that people are getting ready for floats and starting to get the festivities rolling. But no, officially... Uh, it doesn't really start getting hot and heavy till about the two weeks prior to the
0: Fat Tuesday. So you've got circled on your calendar there, your agenda. The next big party isn't necessarily going to be Fat Tuesday. I know what you've got circled up there. February 14th.
6: Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Yes, I do. I'm married. I like to stay married. I love being married. So I absolutely do. That is, um, the commercial holiday that is Valentine's
0: Day. Oh, absolutely. Oh, winner winner So we got that for you to plan out, but yes, it is Mardi Gras season. So the big question for you, Mr. Barrister, is what can we do as we get ready for February twenty fifth, Fat Tuesday and all of the Mardi Gras season? Getting ready for it from a food standpoint, what does that mean in the Huron's household?
6: Oh man. It means well, I know we're gonna we're gonna kinda move uh outside toward the the deck or the patio uh where the grills live and the smokers hang out but it means a lot of things it means uh gumbo it means king cakes hanging around the house it means boudin uh, it means um it means all the good stuff you would imagine that my favorite is boudin and i know we've uh, I think probably a lot of our a lot of the listenership probably knows what Boudin is. It's um, but a lot of you know maybe not the further I think the further away you get from the Gulf Coast, maybe Boudin kind of uh, fades from popularity. So it's probably one of those uh, yeah, it's probably one of those Gulf Coast things. The further away you get from the Gulf Coast, people say, "What is Boudin?" I've heard of it before. Is it a sausage? Is it like andouille? Um It's not. It is. It is a rice. Uh, it is, a, I guess you call it a sausage. It is wrapped in a casing. But what it is, is pork products, uh, heavily seasoned, uh, mixed with rice, stuffed into a sausage-looking casing, uh, and then enjoyed that way. And there's different ways you can cook it. Uh, there's different ways people like to eat it. Um, but the way I like to do it is uh, is to smoke it. You know, I'm sure. Our enti- I'm sure the entire uh, listener base out there is saying, "Wow, no way!" He's he's talking about smoking it. That's shocking. No way. But the what? No way. Um, I like it smoked. I like to. I like to cook it indirect. I like to put some hickory smoke on it. And um, once it's done and ready to roll, um, it, it adds. You know, it adds a level of taste and flavor to the boudin that, that you can't quite replicate. So, um, and boudin. The reason I say pork products um, is because I'm going to scare people away from it now. Is there's a lot of a lot of different stuff that goes into boudin that maybe is not the most appetizing sounding items. Um, it's usually pork. Um, we call offal not a w f u l, but o f f a l, which basically means seasoned organ meats. There's no other good way to put it. Um, to go in to mix with the rice uh some of them have meat you know ground up pork shoulder and things like that but uh, traditional boudin will have different pieces of pieces of the swine that you may never eat outside of the context of boudin uh so a lot of people kind of get freaked out but i would tell you to give it a try it is delicious now that the thing is about boudin smoked or not um is some the people will fight over this. People from you know my neck of the woods all the way across Louisiana, probably to the Florida Panhandle, will fight about: Do you cut it open and eat the rice out of it like a jambalaya, and just throw away the casing, or do you slice it up and do you eat the snappy casing with it? Now, this was cause this this will cause uh, fights uh, between people who feel strongly about this. Um, but I'm I'm happy to weigh in today, and I'm happy to weigh in on. I eat the casing. I ate it like a sausage, um, uh, and I think it's fantastic. So, anybody who does not live within the boudin confines of <laughs> of uh, the South, I would I would I would encourage you during this Mardi Gras season to give it a shot. I bet you can find it somewhere, and if you smoke it, um, give it a go. It may be something you love, and it may be something you can incorporate. It, no matter where you are in the South, uh, as kind of a Mardi Gras celebration, I love it. We eat a lot of is it, it. Is uh, it really
0: hard to make?
6: I mean, it's hard to make because you need, yeah, I mean, you would need a specialized type of kitchen. It's not something, it's not even like sausage where you can grind up stuff in a grinder and shove it through a little machine into a casing. You really need to have specific, you know, you got to have really fresh, you can use organ meats, which is a lot of times what people use. It's got to be really fresh. It's got to have the perfect Kind of combination ground up. You really need the right kind of spices. You need a lot of fat to add in there as well. It, it requires an expertise because uh, grinding up organ meats, mixing them with with uh, spices and uh, rice is a pretty tricky deal to get it to taste good. So I, I would say, you know me, I'm all about doing it yourself um, and doing it at your house and you know maybe doing it with your family and making it fun. I would probably leave Boudin to the expert's in my opinion, just because you're messing around with some, uh, Um, yeah some different kinds of of
0: meat products Uh, we're a big fan we're a big fan of you you all meat grinder you hey if you (laughs) live way away from the gulf coast let's say you're in a great place like kentucky or virginia and you've got that that little you heard this interview with you today and you just want to have boudin but you aren't going to make it if you live way away from mardi gras country what's your best advice to be able to get that boudin
6: well, I would say load up the family truckster and take a road trip down to the end of <laughs> the Gulf Coast and bring a cooler. Uh, but no, if, if that's not practical for you, I have a strange feeling uh, that there are places online where you can order this thing uh, and they will they will ship it to you on dry ice. I, I was
0: hoping you would tell me cracker barrel or some place like that had some kind of Oh, what well, I don't know. You might, you know what? I would I would
6: say this. I would bet if you have a cajun or gulf coast theme uh restaurant uh, in your area you may be able to find it there you Uh, may give it a shot there but uh i bet you there are people online that could uh could get you some if you really wanted some, and I bet it would come cold. And I bet you you could do uh, you could make it make it happen pretty good there.
0: That's I think my so. Hey, kind of wrapping up with you and also connecting the dots here with Mardi Gras and LSU football, of course, as LSU gets ready for that national championship game on Monday against Clemson. I saw some kind of incredible journalism piece over the holiday break where a young reporter went up and asked the LSU football players during their media day event in atlanta for the chick-fil-a peach bowl jambalaya or gumbo that was the simple question and all they had to do <laughs> was answer jambalaya or gumbo many of the uh, players for lsu that answered were louisiana natives okay yeah and i was a little surprised it was about half and half of the jambalaya versus gumbo war mm. are you surprised by that
6: i'm i'm not surprised by it Two two. uh Two things that maybe not everybody really understands the differences between. But um, no, I'm I'm not surprised. Two very different dishes, actually. So I'm trying to think about it myself. I probably have an idea of which direction I would go. But I like both of them. So, um, yeah. put me down, put me down for gumbo. Put me down for gumbo.
0: All Texas. right. We'll put Matt Hearman's down for gumbo and a little boudin as well. It is officially Mardi Gras time. Again, Fat Tuesday this year's February 12th, 25th. And Easter Sunday, Matt, go ahead and get your suit lined up. is going to be April 12th this year.
6: Left. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. That sounds like a, that, that is the time that I will, uh, I will cook something on the smoker as well. Maybe rabbit.
0: (laughs) You're terrible. Just kidding, kids. Just kidding, kids. all hate mail. Hey, we don't need any George B. McClellan (laughs) references here on the Y'all Show. All hate mail goes to Mardi Gras country, Matt Irons. Hey, thank you. We look forward to having you back on next week when we've got a little result of a national championship game to talk to you about. How about that?
6: Yeah, I can't wait. I'm I'm ready for this game.
0: All right. Matt Herman's barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. Well, that will wrap up our Tuesday, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be right back here in the saddle on Wednesday with Country Music Talk and Atlantic Coast Conference Talk, courtesy of Jonathan Lifehite. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. You've been listening to the Y'all Show all about the South.
1: I want to keep my heart healthy, so I get my cholesterol checked regularly. And when my doctor told me my cholesterol was borderline, I found garlic. According to my pharmacist, there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. And one garlic tablet is equal to a whole clove of garlic, except it's odor free. Yep, I'm doing what I can for my cholesterol, and I'm doing it
2: with garlic. Garlic, cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease use as directed. Keeps coming. You know what to do.
3: Hey, I'm gonna just rip this band-aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you. And I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. (laughs) How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could.
4: Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. Take advantage of Purple's Snorin' 20 sale and get free sheets and a premium sleep mask when you buy any Purple mattress. That's up to a $158 value. Claim your free premium Purple gifts today by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Data rates may apply.
7: Welcome, everybody, and thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Smokey Cole Bear, filling in for Smokey on his birthday. Because after 75 years of... Only you can prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Just look at the news. Nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless. And I'm not just talking about obvious things like campfires or letting your totally sweet nephew, Francis, play with matches. I'm talking about dumping your used barbecue coals willy-nilly or parking your car on tall, dry grass. That can lead to poof. Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. But listen, being a South Carolinian, I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous, deciduous, or new car scented. So if you love the outdoors like me, go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention because fire safety is always in season.
1: Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council.